musical lyrics or musical words or even like including the instrument as your voice as an instrument mm. it creates it creates a different connection with the audience we've only just hello beautiful people and welcome back to living color abroad i'm your host angel rodriguez and in this episode, you'll be listening to Yasser Tejeda, who is living abroad in the U.S. Yasser is an award-winning composer, guitarist, vocalist, and producer from the Dominican Republic. <laughs> and he has performed alongside Latin Grammy award-winning artists such as Prince Royce and Vicente Garcia. He has also been featured on NPR's Tiny Desk. And Juan Luis Guerra, who is one of the greatest Latin musicians the world has ever seen, he praised Jasser's music, calling it, quote, a marvelous example of what's happening with Dominican music. And in this episode, Jasser talks about what it was like to grow up in the Dominican Republic and what inspired him to pursue music as a career, why he eventually decided to move to the U.S. to continue his pursuit of music. And he gives us some of the trials and tribulations of transitioning from the DR to the U.S., he also discusses his upcoming album called La Madruga, which you can listen to on all streaming platforms. And last but not least, Jasser discusses what makes New York feel like home. Hope you enjoy. This is A Living Color Abroad. Welcome to In Living Color Abroad, Yasser. ¿Cómo estás? How you doing? Hello, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you for inviting me. No, anytime, anytime, anytime. So let's get right to it. Please, Yasser, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. I'm Yasser Tejeda. I'm a musician, composer, singer, songwriter, producer from Dominican Republic that lives in Brooklyn, New York. Amazing, amazing. And all those things, I like just said, like I was telling you, I'm Dominican. I'm from Brooklyn. So already, I, I'm feeling, I, I like this the way this is going already. <laughs> so, this episode is about uh, you, you know, moving abroad and living abroad in the U.S. being the year from Dominican Republic. Um, so let's start right from the beginning, Jess said. Where in Dominican Republic did you grow up? I grew up in the capital, in Santo Domingo. Okay, okay, in La Capital. And so tell me about that upbringing, because I've been to DR many, many times ever since I was a little kid. My parents are from Santiago, Los Caballeros, but, and I spent some time in Santo Domingo visiting, and it's a lot happening there. Lots of people <laughs> in a very small space, and, and it's really hot also. I know this is much hotter than other places in, in DR. So please tell me, what was it like to grow up in uh, Santo Domingo, in the capital? Oh, it was beautiful. I love it there. I uh, went to school there. I started my music career there. Back then when I was growing up in La Capital, it wasn't how it is right now. I was there in March and to get from point A to point B, back in the day was 10 minutes and now it can take you an hour. Wow. Because everybody have cars, there's a lot of traffic, it's crazy. Now, you, now I can feel it more the way you describe it before. Mm. But growing up, it was amazing. I was close to the Zona Colonial. I was close to um, El Teatro Nacional. That's even where I learned to drive. And I learned to uh, skate. I used to do skateboarding. And I used to skate there. I used to skate at Montesino Skate Park in Zona Colonial. Mm -hmm. uh, so for me, the growing up in the capital, it was awesome. And every other weekend... <clears throat> We used to visit family from the countryside of, because my dad is from San Jose de Ocoa in the south, okay. close to Bani, and my mom is from San Juan de la Maguana in the south again, a little bit deeper, mm. close to the border. Mm. And uh, yeah, every other weekend, we used to visit, go to San Jose de Ocoa to visit my grandfather. Every other weekend, we used to go to San Juan to visit uh, some some of my, my family from my mother's side, staying there. So it was like a beautiful experience in general growing up there. 
So that's that's in in brief. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. Because uh, you know, <laughs> no, claro, it's a lot. <laughs> that's amazing. So you mentioned obviously you're a musician, and we're gonna get into that. So how did you? What inspired you when you were growing up in DR? You said you went to conservatory, but what were your influences mm -hmm. growing up? Because obviously, as you know, as most people know that probably listening to this or maybe not know, Dominican Republic is a small island of like, but still like 10 million people. But a lot of music comes out of Dominican Republic, right? World famous musicians, as we all know. But what inspired <clears throat> you to become a musician? Basically, the main thing that inspired me was when I was 11 years old. Watching MTV with my brother, and uh, and when I saw Guns N' Roses November Rain video with uh, Slash doing that solo on top of the piano, I was like, "Wow, I want to play! I want to play guitar." And from then on, <laughs> from then on, I kept mentioning that to my mom. Like when I was 11 years old, like, "Hey, I would love to start playing guitar. I, would li I like that instrument." And it was because of that influence from MTV and the the groups that were happening that time, Nirvana, Green Day, Guns N' Roses. And I, I was like really inspired to see what they can do and to hear the music. That's like my first encounter with, uh, let's say, with, with American culture and the music that was coming from here and like the music videos that were coming from here. But before that, I think I had music in my, in my soul, in my, in my blood, because my dad used to play so much music when I was growing up, music from Cuba, music from, from United States, from London, from the Beatles to Pablo Milanes, to Silvia Rodriguez, to, to you name it, yeah, a lot of like incredible artists. And I remember in the car, well, when he was taking us to school or taking us uh, anywhere we were going, there was music playing. And I remember it was music that was happening at that time. Like, let's say if I remember when Juan Luis Guerra dropped Fogarate, he mm. had that cassette in repeat, <laughs> in repeat in the car. What an album. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, before, like, you know, all the Silvio Rodriguez cassette, he had all of it. So in the car, we used to listen a lot of music. And I remember when I was like three, four years old, I remember me waiting for my dad to get home because he used to work on a radio station. And his show was, let's say, 6 or 7 p.m. Mm -hmm. So we used to sit down. Uh, my brother, my sister, my mom, and I to listen to the show. And then after the show was done, we knew it was bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so even listening to music there and with the music from, you know, that was playing in, in the house and, and every time I was in, we were like commuting somewhere, there was a lot of music happening. So... The cool thing of music is like it can come into you subconsciously and it's there. And I can see that with my brother and my sister too, that they didn't develop a career in music, but they are they think musically too. So mm. that's something that uh, we had. But, you know, the first time I... Um, I saw that is when I felt the connection with the guitar. Like that was my first instrument and mm -hmm. still my main instrument. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I remember I got the cassettes from Guns N' Roses. I remember in, in Calle El Conde in the Zona Colonial, you had the pirates that had all the cassettes. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember getting that cassette from Guns N' Roses. Uh, appetite of destruction and i remember like learning all the songs like playing air guitar <laughs> like i was just playing air guitar like i was like mimicking that i was that i was like slash <laughs> and then you know and then when we had the when the electricity go off which was often when i was living there what well, like, <laughs> it, could, it, it, could, it could be days like with seven hours without a, yeah. no electricity or eight hours. So that's when you get creative. Mm -hmm. And I even started like learning songs in English without knowing English, like just speaking, right. just like writing it, how it sounds phonetically. 
Wow. Yeah. So, so with that, then 11 years old, and I was like, Mom, yeah, I really want to. In the beginning, she thought I was joking or something. But then she saw, like, how interested I was, and she was like, okay, let me figure out where I can get one. And she got, like, a really small guitar. I remember it was a nylon guitar, um, and that's where I first learned and I remember going to the store and like picking out a book that said like how to play guitar. <laughs> you mentioned how it's so interesting saying how you were influenced by Guns N' Roses, right? And seeing Slash yeah. and his solo and then you mentioned Juan Luis Guerra and it's so interesting you said because I can hear that influence in your music. Like I, I you know like those are <laughs> oh, listening, yeah. I listened to to Yacet Tejera's music since like I want to say four or five years now when I first saw you at Bar Lunatico in Brooklyn performing, yeah. that's the first time I saw you. I was like, holy Man. shit, I've never heard Dominican music like this before. <laughs> I was like, mm, this was yeah. this is very like a raw type of music, but with a fusion. You know, like I said, you, you can hear the fusion of different genres in your music, but again, staying true to I feel like Dominican music and the Dominican roots, and especially like the African the Africanness and the African rhythms of Dominican music. And you mentioned Fogarate, which is pure perico ripiao for those that are listening like you know merengue super merengue music and i think you yeah. stay true to that a lot and it's so cool to hear that those are your influences because i can definitely hear that in the music and well, juan is coming to costa rica next month i'm gonna go see him in concert i'm so excited so all right <laughs> all right so, yeah i san jose yeah oh my god <laughs> i love it there yeah it's beautiful so, all right so moving forward now just so at what moment did you know that moving out of DR and going to the U.S. was a possibility? When I was going to the conservatory, there, the National Conservatory of Dominican Republic is, is really nice. They had, when I was in my first semester, the teachers that were teaching there, they were incredible. All of them, everybody I was like, this is incredible. This is like amazing. And like almost half of them by that time, they went to schools in the United States. I remember one of my, two of my guitar teachers, three of my guitar teachers, they went to Berklee College of Music. Mm -hmm. And, um... Well, Juan also attended. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Juan also attended. There were others that went to, uh... To, to college in New York, et cetera, et cetera. So that's kind of the first time I was exposed to um, people that went out of the DR to learn a certain style and certain vocabulary. I remember even when I was 17, 16 or 17 years old, I knew I kind of wanted to come here to study music and experience something different. But my 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 mom especially, she was like, you're too young right now, maybe like choose a career here and, you know, you can keep doing music, but your head will be in a better space if, a space if it's later. Like, I don't want you to go there and then... <laughs> so, yeah, so um, doing all that and kind of growing up in the music scene... I, I was feeling there was a, a time that I was feeling that that I I wanted to expand more. Even I started. I say you are. I heard you are uh, grew up in Santiago or your family. No, my is family's from, from there. My, yeah, I'm born. I'm born and raised in New York. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so there was a time that I was playing so much in the capital and playing with a lot of amazing artists and doing a lot of shows, but I was a little bit tired of the scene and I started going to Santiago on Mondays because they had a jam session on Monday. Mm -hmm. So I used to, I started going like Sunday and like hanging with the musicians there and I even created like a project with musicians there and then jamming on Monday and then staying till Tuesday. So that was like a little getaway of like, okay, I want to see kind of more diff, like I want to see different stuff. Mm -hmm. And... And they got to a point when, in the conservatory, when I was there, when I was attending, the popular curriculum wasn't finished. So you never could graduate back oh, then. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like infinite. It was like, okay, this is kind of like a loop. I feel like, 
I feel like <laughs> it was like that, bro. Uh, <laughs> I'm not like so because back then the priority was kind of the classical department. Mm. They had like the program established, right. but the popular program was still in develop and didn't have like an end of like okay if you did this you're graduated so wow um yeah like a few years after it was when that um got fixed and then people started graduating there so i was like okay i feel like i'm in a loop here like i feel like i've done all the projects all the projects from different people. I play with Xiomara Fortuna, with Luis Diaz, with Irka Mateo, with uh, with Jose Duluc, with Roldan, with Marasa. Those are artists and group mm-hmm. um, for the people that don't know that make fusion with Afro-Dominican music and other styles of music. Each of them, they have their art, uh, particularity. And Luis Diaz, the one I mentioned, he's like the... He was like the Dominican Bob Dylan, Jimi Hendrix, and I had the pleasure to play with him and and learn from him. And it was really cool. But it got to a point that I felt like I needed to, I needed a little bit more and a little bit of like all their experiences. And I was a lot into jazz as well. And I started visiting. Boston and visiting here, friends that were attending the schools, and I was checking everything. I was like, "Oh my God, this is so cool!" And I remember in 2006, I applied for a scholarship that Michelle Camilo was giving the first scholarship in in DR, and I did that, and I didn't got it. <laughs> uh, I thought I was gonna end the happy way, the way you said, it. Uh, "I did that, I didn't get it." <laughs> Yeah, because, uh, cause, like, back then, since I was playing with uh, so many people, I thought, like, I was killing it. I was ah, like, oh, yeah. Then, uh, wait wait till they see me. <laughs> right, right, right. And then I didn't prepare that well. But then, like, that made me learn and get more experience and kind of prepare. And then when I felt I was ready, I was like... Um, one of my te- One of my teachers that was, like, in the conservatory... He went to to college um, way, way after. So he was teaching in the conservatory and then he took a break and he said like, man, I'm going to go to Berkeley and get and finish all my degrees and come back. So when he did that, I went to visit him and stay like for two weeks there. And it happened that there was auditions too for other scholarships and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this audition. And I prepared really well, went ahead and practiced every day and then did the audition. It was amazing. And then when I was back in the yard, I remember one day that my mom received this letter. I was like, oh, Berkeley, wrote it. you wrote you a letter. Let's see what it is. <laughs> and then we kind of read it together. I was like, oh, this thing, a scholarship, half a scholarship. <laughs> This is um, this is available for one year. She was like, "Okay." I remember. I forgot what what month it was. It was like beginning of the summer or something. And she was like, "Okay, in January, you leaving? You ready? Let's go." <laughs> I want you to think about this because my parents um, they immigrated from the Dominican Republic to New York, right, in the nineteen seventies, late nineteen seventies. And they had the whole family there, right? We They had six kids. I'm one of them. <laughs> and we were born and raised in New York. And here you are. Your family stays in the Dominican Republic. Y tú te vas. And you go to New York. Did that, did that pass your mind? Because, of course, yes, said, I know you know that so many people immigrate from the Dominican Republic to New York. Did you imagine for yourself when you were on that plane that, yeah, I knew that I'll be the first one or uh, from your immediate family, maybe, uh, to go to New York? <laughs> It's great. Actually, the where I went it was Boston. Oh, for Boston, okay. Four the, hours. The, yeah, Boston. the U.S. The U.S. But, okay, right. But it's still, but still, it wasn't. Um, yeah, it didn't pass in my in my mind. I think I was so immersed in where I was going. I was like, oh my god, this is. And you know, you're going somewhere that you don't know if you're coming back in a year or mm-hmm. two years or, or whatever. <laughs> you don't know what's gonna happen, but like the excitement uh, is great because you're gonna go to school that you dreamed 
right. of going and where all the people that you admire went there like right. okay well Luis Guerra again right. or like John uh, Mayer <laughs> John Mayer too and for those yeah. that don't know for context for those that are a Berkeley College of Music is considered uh, one of if not the top uh, school for music in the US and obviously one of the top in the world um, so you got you got to fulfill that dream of going there, right? Of, of studying that this half scholarship from Berkeley, uh, and so okay, so now you're now you're in Boston, right? Now you're in the United States. Tell me, because a lot of my guests that I talked to yesterday, they're immigrating from the U.S. to other countries, right, abroad. But now we're talking about you going from the Dominican Republic going to the U.S. So tell me, what were those first few months like? And, you know, let, let's try to t uh, separate the music a little bit if we could. Just like your day-to-day -day of of how was it like for you to speak English? Did you find a community that spoke Spanish? Like, how was that initial transition for you? Bro, it was brutal. Because <laughs> the... It, yeah, because the... I don't know why we decided that Okay, let's start the year. You going to Boston January? The first, I, you told me like the first few months when you were saying that I was thinking, oh my god, even the first week was <laughs> the first week was the worst because you getting from DR without being without having experience of living in a country that goes in the through the four seasons. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> January. I, I, was, I, wasn't even like, I, I wasn't even that ready for, for winter. I was like, okay, it's going to be cold, but Boston cold, like a cold winter, like that you, the snow is like to your knees. <laughs> like I never wear a scarf before. So that was me the first time wearing a scarf. So, yeah, the weather was the first thing that I was like, wow, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> but the excitement was um, was so heavy that I kind of didn't care that much. Mm. And, and it was so cool that the first day I met people from Dominican Republic right away. Mm. And then the next ones were people from the Caribbean because I think we have like a, a certain way of speaking uh -huh. that we are kind of, uh -huh. we know, we, we kind of know and see, we are, we are like, okay, he's Caribbean or he's Latin. Mm -hmm. So creating like the very first day, I already had a community of Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, Venezuela, and Colombia, and it was like, I was like, yeah, this is, this is, this is fun, this is fun, but you know, still, still, a little bit of like um, sweet and sour. Sweet mm -hmm. is the part like, I'm here, I'm living the dream, I'm creating this amazing community of amazing musicians. And but it's really cold. <laughs> it's really cold. I don't feel like doing all this commuting to go. Then now I have to cook my own meals. <laughs> now I have to, you know, do all this thing, do the laundry, right, do right, this right. thing. You know, it's it's how old it's, are you? How old amazing. are you? Right now? No, how old are you then? Uh, 22. Okay, wow. Well, yeah, you were 22. young. You were young, yeah. Yeah, and, but but it was cool because, you know, I, I experienced a lot of... I experienced college and the conservatory in the Dominican Republic and then staying there and hanging. And, like, I had a period that I used to hang a lot in the streets and, like, till late night and, like, the real hang of, of the capital and after the gigs after hours you know like yeah yeah and and i i, I came back i came here it was like whoa now you are you are used to be surrounded of everybody mm -hmm. now you are by yourself yeah. you are surrounded a lot of people <laughs> when you're in college where you're at school but then you had to go back home mm -hmm. and cook for yourself mm -hmm. by yourself mm -hmm. and do your homework by yourself <laughs> you know <laughs> right. it, it, it's 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 um yeah, it's like the sweet and sour and the right. little bit of the nostalgia that you are like, oh my god, I'm actually miss my family right now. Right, and I, uh, it's it's something that is there that some sometimes 
you don't think about it right away and you're like why i feel so weird today and it's mm. like well you you were used to wake up and say like your mama and this uh, okay we're going uh-huh. to the tea and then this and all and so now you're like okay waking up and like okay swallowing okay it's me by myself <laughs> but then you know i started creating this community of uh of amazing musicians and people from all over and then they started moving close where i was living in the in the same neighborhood mm-hmm. back then that was like a hood it was the roxbury okay it's kind of hood ish but it was close to it was just two train stops um from from the school okay. and everything just meeting new people it was great my english wasn't that great and i used to get really shy when i had to speak <laughs> my first semester so it was like it was like something i didn't understand things sometimes right. I, i was like like i was like bluh, bluh, bluh. I, i couldn't even talk in english so so those barriers were kind of hard and make the nostalgia a little bit bigger right. and another thing that i remember was like that Okay, I, I was 22 years old and then I was meeting all these amazing musicians that were like 17, 18. And I'm like, how they're like killing it. And like, and you know, some of them that were from United States back then, I think they have these programs in, in high school that you can choose like uh, music programs. Mm-hmm. And you know, you do the big bands in high school, you get to read a lot of charts, you get to like learn a lot of standards and a lot of songs. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to college, you're like, oh, I already know this. Yeah. For me, it was it was different. It was like I went to there, I was like, oh, I don't know that. Mm-hmm. How you know this? Right. And right. then it was sometime it was like a, 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 a chalk too that I'm like, wow, why these young players play can play anything and like have an incredible level and i feel like i'm i am like okay <laughs> but you know those right. those things that happen in your mind that mm-hmm. go together with a little bit of the nostalgia and all this but then right. you know you are going through life that's that's how is and 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 right. it's beautiful that is beautiful because you learn how to grow you learn how to miss things but you know how to like uh take advantage of those moments like okay i'm here for this And, and, you know, even for me, that type of uh, emotions and type of nostalgia influenced some of the music that I was writing there, even for, for, even if it was like homework, there, like there were some things that I was writing there were like super emotional, like, whoa. Right, right. So... You, you it was mentioned. this beautiful experience, man. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned the, this phrase that's going to stick with me. You said, it's sweet and sour. And I think that's such a great way to uh, to kind of put in a nice sweet bow on this, right? Like, moving abroad is a lot of sweet and sour. Right? Moving places, right? Like you said, like, wow, this new place. I'm learning all these amazing things. I'm surrounded by this creativeness all around me. But then, like you said, the sour... You go home alone, right? That you're you're the one resting your head at night on that pillow. Uh, yeah, do your homework on yourself. Home, uh, you don't got home cooked meals anymore. And obviously, I miss that every day. I miss I miss me arroz con habichuela every day that I'm here. Oh my <laughs> so, god! Yes. So uh, you no, know, you know, yeah. <laughs> no, that's what I was just gonna say. I think I think it's a it's a wonderful thing to put it. But you said that's a part of life when you want to because again tell me if I'm wrong here Jessica like in DR you might have been more of a more of a big fish in a small pond but now you're going to this, this worldly renowned music school in the states and you said there's people younger than you and you're like how do you know how to play that I can't play that so I could definitely I could I could I could definitely understand that but yeah go ahead Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly like that. Exactly like yeah, that. No, it's so it's so crazy. But yeah, so okay, so obviously you're in New York. I mean, sorry, you're in, I can say New York. You are in Boston. You're studying. At what point did you recognize, and then you know that? Okay, because you said earlier, I don't know if I'm coming here for a year or no say like if I'm going back. At what point did you know that you were gonna one go to New York, and that was gonna be your base? When did that happen? Uh, since the first year I knew because I 
I used to travel a lot to New York. Like I told, like I said, like I mentioned earlier, that my first time I came to New York, it was playing with Grupo Negros, and we did, we did like United Palace. We even did Carnegie Hall. Mm. We did. Like I did these experiences, and I'm like, wow, I love this city. <laughs> and I was, I was underage, and I had that idea that said I was 22. <laughs> I was like, okay, I even love it even more. Like you can walk any direction, you can walk any direction, and there's something that you're gonna yeah, find. Yeah, yeah. And and I met so many amazing people, and it got to a point that I was coming to New York three times, three times a year or four. Like, I remember uh, Valentine's, I remember, like, Mother's Days, I remember, like, even Thanksgiving, because um, there was, like, these this gigs with mm. that band that I was playing. And I, I it, it, since the first time I came to New York, I loved this city. And then when I moved to Boston, I was like, ah, oh, it's kind of like New York, but it's cleaner, and it's <laughs> like uh, liquor, liquor stores close at 11, and everything close at 2 or 1, and I don't know, this is a little bit boring, but <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I used to love New York. And then uh, I had a girlfriend in New York my first semester, I think that was my... So I used to do the classes and everything and then take a bus to New York almost every weekend, almost. Mm. <laughs> so I, I, I saw the, the side A and side B. I was like, oh my God, I like side B better. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, in, uh, but, but, um, but I still, like in the first years, I still didn't know. I was like, well, that, that could be an option. But then as, as, I kept advancing in the years in school and then doing more gigs here in New York and seeing the opportunities that they are here. There's a massive Dominican community here mm-hmm. in New York. And I remember I used to even tell the people when I used to go from Boston to New York, like, hey, I'm planning to go in two weekends there let me know if you whatever if you need a guitar player and it happened that he landed to be like okay thursday there's a gig in queens then friday i gig in washington high and then saturday i can chill with my girlfriend and then sunday i go back to boston (laughs) (laughs) like like things like that and um yeah since there's a huge community dominican community in in new york and I always loved the vibe of this city. That's when I was like almost finishing college, almost finishing uh, Berkeley, graduating. I was like, I'm gonna stay here for for a, for a minute to let everything sit, everything I learned. Like uh, I used to have a gig playing on a boat that used to go around the Boston Harbor and it was a few hours and it was a decent paying gig and it was amazing because it was with great musicians and gave me like a lot of experience mm-hmm. just playing a lot of different styles of music and type of music. And then they got to a point that I was like, okay, now Boston, I'm kind of tired and I think now is the time and I think the move is New York and something that helped is that I had a lot of connections here in New York for for work mm-hmm. and some of my best friends and favorite musicians that I met in Boston were moving to New York or where they were already making the move or they were already moved and I was like okay I think this is this is the time for me and I remember it was uh, April 2013 so I basically have ten years here in New York. <laughs> you're a real, you know, you're a real New Yorker and, now, right? It takes, as they say, oh ten years. God. Now in New York, <laughs> congratulations, yes. That, that's that's what they say, but I, I still don't feel like a New Yorker. I still have to put Google Maps every time, so <laughs> yeah, I still have to put Google Time every time. But yeah, when when you live in Brooklyn, it's a little bit different. Like I live in Bushwick, it's it's mm. a, it feels a little. Just a, a tiny bit different, just a tiny bit, mm-hmm. and um, but yeah, I knew I, I yeah I loved I love New York and because I remember 
coming from Boston to New York, even I used to check the Village Boys and check different magazines and see like, okay, this person is playing here, this person is playing here, and this one is free. Let's check it out this and then this. And I used to make like a whole itinerary of incredible concerts that I used to catch. And the, the thing I, I used to, I, the thing I love from here is like, I saw the shows and then I saw like the musicians were hanging in there. And then I was like, just went like in front of them and talk a little bit and say, I'm from the Dominican Republic. It's like, oh, cool. And then I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Everybody has like this uh, welcoming vibes mm-hmm. uh, uh, in, in this community of the musicians and everything. So. That's yeah, I was like definitely New York. And, and take this, and now, now that you 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 know you mentioned how you moved to New York, and one thing about me, like I said, I'm a music teacher, and when people ask me, I'm a musician. I always say I'm a music educator because I I never gigged right besides college, right, and doing those shows with college and my own senior recital. I never gigged like for for a living or any capacity. So I know that's a very that's a completely different world, a completely different skill set. So I always say I'm a music educator before I say I'm a musician. So uh, for someone such as yourself, that again you 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 get paid for your craft, right? To perform at different venues, right? You gig as as we say. So take me through the through the lens and the life of of a musician, and that does all these different venues. Like you said, you're going to see these different musicians. What is it like to gig in New York? It's uh, with my music. Uh, I started playing my music in New York on 2016, so three years after I moved. But then when I started doing my music, and I was like, every month I want to play in somewhere different. I want to play this music somewhere different. I want to go Harlem, I want to go Queens, I want to go Brooklyn, and all that. And it started little by little in 2016. And I, I remember how even New York, I can say, it shaped up the way I prepare the set list or I prepare the music now or I even make my music. Because that first show that I did with the band that I put together here as Palo Treas, my band that was from DR, um, my first album is mainly, it's 100% instrumental, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? And this one show the first show that I did with that configuration that it was uh, in 2016, February, I remember. And I played most of the music and I saw the reaction of the people was like, you know, people sitting down, some people just chilling because it's instrumental. Mm-hmm. And I remember I added two songs that were singing. There's like, I was singing Compadre Pedro Juan, there's another song that uh, my percussion player, Jay Black, was singing too. And when we saw how was the change of the <laughs> audience, it was insane. That blew my mind. I was like, what? Because <laughs> it was like from instrumental. Everybody's just chilling. Like you could see people with their arm crossed. Oh my like, God. Like uh, a few people. It, it was full house. <laughs> few people yawning, a few people just like, you know, just chilling. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And then when they hear all singing Compadre Pedro Juan, which is a merengue from the 30s, like one of the most famous merengue that exists from the Dominican Republic, like everybody stand up and dance and we're singing. And then, and then I remember we did like a few... We did one more singing and, and, and people started getting crazy again. And then the encore was, we just kind of jam into something and then sing some chorus on top. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, next time we play, I'm going to add this and this and this that is singing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, see the reaction. And every time I, I was seeing the reaction, it was like more connection because music and lyrics or music and words or even like including the instrument as your voice as an instrument Mm. it creates it creates a different connection with the audience and it was for popular music like this or fusion music it it was it was amazing and this is what kind of made me start learning how to sing and writing more songs with lyrics and that's actually like a 
shape of my compositions and writing and way of thinking did as reading the audience and, and getting the energy. Right. Uh, so that's something that like kind of I say that New York New York influenced in my music. And even like where you saw me the first time, there's Bar Lunatico in Bedside. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of my favorite spots. That's to my one of my favorite venues to watch people music there. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. We I don't even prepare a set list. Mm-hmm. I, I don't give to the musician a set list. I come with one piece of paper. I put some some notes of songs like okay, maybe this one, and then I call it as I see the room and I feel mm-hmm. the vibe. And it's kind of that's the cool thing about that venue too that you can it's open to experimentation too. You right. can you can experiment with certain things, longer songs, shorter songs, a cappella songs. You can do whatever you want. So and we we have come up with even arrangements that come on the spots there. That's so amazing. that's that's a that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I I'm glad the way you, you you phrase all those things because again, you're trying to get the the. Performing is about as much as about us, right? The musician. It's about the audience, right? They have to get pleasure from from what you're doing, right? Especially if you want to get that gig again, right? <laughs> because the the odors are watching, right? The reaction and, and how much they're connecting with you. So the fact that you're 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 open, right? Your ears open and your eyes are open to what's happening in the audience with the connection they're having, yeah. you switch accordingly, which I think that that's definitely the, the hallmark. Uh, of someone that's very aware, right, of of the connection that music has to a particular audience. Because again, it is music is for a particular purpose, right? So it's a purpose, and it's for an audience in the moment, right? How, how are you serving that audience in the moment? And your your music, because yeah. I've been there live, it serves the audience well. I can tell you, everyone's on their feet whenever you play, man. It's All an right. amazing thing to see. All right, man. Imagine we spoke. For an hour. I try to keep it oh, at 45. Yeah. yeah, I know. Time flies. Wow. I, hope, I hope you had fun, Jesse. Um, <laughs> but be- yeah, yeah. It was amazing. It was great. <laughs> Before I let you go, though, um, I want to talk about your upcoming album. And I think it's so cool we're talking now because your album comes out this Friday, correct? Yeah, Friday, right. May 19th. La Madrugada. And I, if you guys have not heard, he has a single, Tu Era Bonita. You are pretty. Oh, my God. That song is so damn catchy. I, that's on repeat <laughs> on Apple Music so much. And again, I, I have to reiterate this because again, my my musical influences and people that I just love listening to are Juan Luis Guerra and Vicente Garcia. Again, someone that you have a song with, someone that I know you've played with, uh, someone that does a lot of fusion as well. And especially in that song you guys did, I could hear the jazz influence, the scatting and all that stuff. And then, you know, Juan Luis Guerra, who you've performed for, right, at an event in Florida, I believe, entre Mari Palmeras, right, when he was doing that, that yeah. thing. So I think it's so cool that these are people that are kind of your colleagues. You know? <laughs> these are people, these are your fellow yeah. musicians that I'm sure you got influence from, but you're, you're, you're on par with them when it comes to your musicality, and that's amazing. So tell me about this a little bit, just in, if you could tell me in a few sentences, what, if people listen to this album, because they will, because I'm going to be blasting it on my on my page, um, what to expect from Thank this you. album, La Madruga? Yeah, the La Madruga is like an explosion of joy. And you can expect dancing, you can expect crying, you can expect a lot of soul there. Uh, and it's the, the maximum expression that I have of 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 love and all my experiences that I put together and I it's like fine arrangements and productions and songs. Each song has it live its life and um it's called the Dawn La Madruga because it's about circles, the circles of life and the wa and water and nature. And yeah, in this album you can find you can find catchy songs like Tu Era Bonita and that you can dance and sing it and you can find other songs that you can sit down and listen and have a, a great time. And you can you can find the mix of Afro Dominican, Dominican roots, Dominican rhythms, but you can find soul, you can find 
soca, you can find sukus, you can find Afrobeat, you can find Congolese guitars mm. here and there. Um, you can find funky, you can find spoken words, you can find incredible uh, features that I have beside Vicente Garcia. There's a few more that I have <laughs> Ooh, I can't that wait. you'll be able to hear. <laughs> On Friday, May 19th. You heard it here, folks. Out on all platforms <laughs> and available on vinyl on my website. Ooh, that's amazing. That's amazing. All right, and final, final segment. Just say this is a lightning round segment. So first first answer that comes to your mind, uh, one-word answers. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Favorite venue to perform in New York City? Ballonatico. Ah, uh, Good, good answer. That's in Bed-Stuy, which is walking distance from why I used to live in Bed-Stuy. That's why I love this so much. <laughs> All right. Um, favorite memory from uh, your time at Berkeley College of Music? <laughs> wow, there's so many. But it's this show that we were playing that is called The Commencement, where the, it's like the graduation event mm -hmm. that I got to play La Vilis Rubina with Juan Luis Guerra. Oh my God, and you're lying. He, he only, he only, he only, like we had this band, it was an ensemble, a merengue ensemble. We played that song and he, he went, he, he went on the stage from the back and like grabbed the mic, sing that song. And then when he was leaving, he was like, he kind of tapped like, hey, da, da, da. And then he left. <laughs> and then the show kept going. I was like, whoa. Wow. That's yeah, quite a memory. I just yeah. feel. That's, a that's, that's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. What's your favorite? You have a favorite phrase in English? Um, or favorite word? That's it. That's it? <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Okay. This is going to be a hard one. This is a tough one for you. Okay. Tough one. What is, if you had to listen to one genre, only one particular genre, don't give me a few, but one particular genre on a, on a, on a desert island, what genre are you listening to? Oof. <laughs> one genre uh -huh. on a desert island. Uh -huh. Only one genre. Yeah. Oh, I think I will say Afrobeat, mm. which will keep me like on a flow and a mood and like a vibe all day. And it's super repetitive and trance. <laughs> so that's a good I'll one. That. That's a good shout. That's I'll a good shout. I'll have, I'll have fail on repeat. <laughs> yeah, you can't go wrong. You, you never get tired. You can, <laughs> you never get tired of having fail on repeat. There's, there's, there's something that ha that rhythm has that. It has that catch and make you feel chill. Right. All right. And final question, not one word answered. This is gonna you got take as long as you want to answer this question. Like you said, you've been in New York uh, ten years. Obviously, this is where you are. This is where you're based. I don't know who knows how long you're gonna be there. I don't know if you plan to be there forever or eventually you go retire back in DR and playing your guitar and la madrugada. <laughs> but um, oh, yeah. what makes New York feel like home to you now? Oh, yeah. It's like, where I live, I live in Bushwick, in, in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And one block, one block away, I can get mangu with los tres golpes <laughs> every morning. That's a splash of DR right there. And, uh, and I have, and there's like a lot of Dominicans around here. Um, so that's, that's one thing, that's, that's one of the many things that made me feel like I'm in the yard too. Because even when I'm rehearsing with my group and we're playing palos or congos or any, any style from the countryside of the yard, that made me feel like like I'm there. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And going to around around my neighborhood, there's a lot of Perico Ripiao music in the weekends. So even going to that too, I feel like I'm like... I'm like, okay, I'm in, I've, I, there's a piece of DR in here. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that episode with Jasset. I most definitely did. Let me tell you, it's just so cool to speak to a musician. Obviously, me being a music teacher, and again, I said, I call myself a music teacher before a musician. But seeing speaking to someone that speaks the same language as I do, 
uh, of music, <laughs> but also someone that has the same background, being that he's Dominican and he's now uh, living in Brooklyn and I'm from Brooklyn. It's really cool. And he plays with musicians that I love to listen to. And I listen to his music. <laughs> I'm a fan. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is a really cool thing to speak to a musician and to speak to an artist that you listen, that I, that I listen to. That is really cool. <laughs> and his music is amazing. Like, I really love his music. And the first time I saw him perform at Bar Lunatico in Bed-Stuy in Brooklyn, I'm like, I got to check this guy's music out. This is right up my alley. And, of course, the other musicians that he plays with are other artists that I love to play with. And if you know anything about Latin music... You've definitely heard of Vicente Garcia and most definitely Juan Luis Guerra, who is my musical idol and who Jacer had the pleasure of performing for um, not that long ago. And I just think it's so dope uh, to talk to him about all his experiences and transitioning from DR to the U.S. and making New York home. Um, it's just so dope. So dope. definitely one of my favorite episodes um, to date <laughs> uh, and a great 101, a great episode 101. But yeah. Make sure you check out his new album, La Madruga, and everybody listen to the whole thing, of course. <laughs> it has bangers, and, and in the way he described it, exactly how it is. And make you want to dance, make you want to cry, make you want to reflect. It has all and everything and everything in between. Really dope stuff, and of course, features even people like Vicente Garcia. So really, really dope stuff, and I wish nothing but the best in the future, and I'm not going to be surprised when he gets a lot of critical reception and recognition from everyone. It, it, it's really dope. Um, and yeah, make sure you check it out. That'll be in my show notes. And as always, if you like what you hear, please leave a review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow me on Spotify and any of your other streaming platforms. See you next time. This is It Living Color Abroad. Peace.